Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And a very pleasant good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KETX, KWBY. And we have with us again this morning, as usual, Angela Kennedy Robinson. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Terry. And a, a great morning it is. A great topic, as always. You know, I feel it's very appropriate since I got to spend a lot of family time this week. <laughs> that um, we're going to be talking about family-centric estate planning instead of estate planning. Family-centric. Hmm. Family-centric estate planning. And I want you to think about this. You know, most people desperately wish to leave more than their money behind when they pass. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the money is just the object. In fact, most people by the end of life figure out that life really isn't about money. We may It may take us 50, 60, 70, 80 years to figure that out. But <laughs> when we finally do, we want our kids and our grandkids and the people that we care most about to be able to understand that earlier in life and wouldn't the world be a much better place and, and we've realized that and you know the truth is is the more successful that people are in life and this is just something that we've learned by working with successful people for decades now is that the stronger that feeling becomes the more they want to get away from the planning of money and the more they want to get to the planning of their legacy. You know, if you think about it, what do you want to do with your kids in your life? You want to inspire them, right? To do great things. Or your grandchildren, that's your second chance at it, your second go. You know, a lot of people say it's it's a lot more fun raising grandchildren because you can actually slow down and think about the things that you didn't have time to teach your children about or to work with your children on. And, and you want to inspire them to do great, great things in their life. And you want to continue to do this even after they're gone. You know, we all want those family traditions, the Christmases, the Thanksgivings to be what they've always been. Um, you know, they're spent together. They're full of stories, love, laughter. And if we leave, we want things to be as they are today, if, if not even better. And the, the truth of all that is, is it simply doesn't happen for a whole lot of families. In fact, the more successful you are, the less it happens. Isn't that sad? Yes, absolutely. It is. And I think it's because, you know, success creates money. And money can be the root of all evil. Obviously, my job involves being wrapped around money. And the funny thing, the ironic thing about it is I try to get people's minds off of the money more than anything else. Because money can do awful things to your mindset, to your family, you know, to your and, health. And, and, and to your health. And, and usually, you know, and this is the funny part. It's the, the moms and dads that say, oh, that would never happen to my kids. They get along great. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with my family. And those are the ones it happens to the most often. You know something, Angela, that you mentioned during this uh, opening part of this segment, talking about raising grandkids and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a came from a family of four and being the youngest and i saw this not not with 
grandparents raising grandkids, but my parents were able to enjoy my kids more than they could my older siblings' kids because they were still working and uh, absolutely and everything. Absolutely. And like you say, we get a chance to be able to slow down and do things right. And, you know, the older that we get, the more that's ingrained in our soul and in our being. I think God makes us to be that way. You know, he, he wants that wisdom to be in the older generations to pass to the younger generations. It's just whether or not, you know, those younger generations are going to take hold of that and right. use it. And the thing is, is if you look at families, you can have great families. You can have the most wonderful children in the world and they all get along and they're all successful. But I want to ask you something. What if hard times falls on one of those children when you pass? What if it's mounting medical bills, lost job that, you know, and we're in a huge recession and they can't get their job back. And it's not your kid, but it's their wife pushing them to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Could that happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does happen. Every day. I can't tell you how many times we see it. In fact, in this area, a family-centric estate planning, we spend more time and more effort cleaning up messes than we do avoiding them. And I hate to say that, and that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. In fact, we're working on a deal right now. It's three siblings. Mom set up this trust, thought everything was rock solid. You know, it's the, the dictated these terms. Well, the three kids can't even talk to each other because they can't not fight mm. over trying to get things accomplished because here they're all getting to that age of their own retirements and, and wanting to make something happen out of what mom has finally allowed to happen because of their situation. And if it happens, it's going to be by the grace of God. I can't tell you how much I'm praying every day for this family just so that we can get through and get everybody on the same page. But do you think that's what mom intended? Absolutely not. And they, they sure as heck don't spend their Christmases and Thanksgivings together because they all don't like each other anymore. Imagine that. Yeah, that's, uh, I've seen that uh, in some of my family, even uh, extended family that, you know, had just such a wonderful relationship and everything was grand and the two brothers worked together and then they took over the business when their dad died and ended up for years not speaking to each other. Yeah, it's right. And it happens so frequently. I mean, we, I think, Terry, we all have stories. I have a family story. You know, I can tell about two brothers in our family that do not speak to this day. And it's all to do with money. Every bit of it. It just makes me sick, you know, to think about, um, you know, you build all this success. You work so hard in life to create this legacy. And yet it gets destroyed. And it just, it's the same legacy that destroys your family. So how do you avoid that? How do you work around that. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about on this show. I have what we call the five sins <laughs> of family-centric estate planning that you need to avoid if you're going to be able to pass on more than just the money, pass on the legacy, pass on the traditions, pass on the things that are most important that, that go way beyond what you ever could dream for your family to continue to live together, love, and laugh. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWBY. And welcome back in segment two of Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWY. Great topic Angela has in store for us today. Let's get right back to it, Angela. Yes, family-centric estate planning rather than simple estate planning, right? And, you know, I mentioned um, before the show, we've got these five sins that, you know, are around family-centric estate planning that you need to avoid. 
And truth be told, we have what we call our R&D department, Robin Duplicate. And I pulled this from an article that came across my desk several years ago from the progressive farmer of all magazines. And it was talking about avoiding the family business sins. But in reality, a family-centric estate plan is a business. And it needs to be addressed in the same manner because it still has the same issues. And when I go through these and talk about these, you're going to see exactly what I'm going to talk about or exactly why that matters. So, you know, um, the first of these is avoiding crucial issues. And I always call this, you know, and we all know this to be the elephant in the room, right? Nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to avoid it like the plague. And the problem is, is that avoiding that issue could cause your family members to make their own plans and often they don't align with yours example brother and sister brother got a divorce a few years ago he's in, been in great depression and he needs a job and he's living with mom and dad and sister's upset about it things like that people don't talk about it because it's the elephant in the room but it needs to be talked about because if you don't what if sister just makes plans of her own and just heads off and then it destroys the whole estate plan this is also very prominent when you deal with farmers and ranchers you know a lot of times things aren't talked about because they don't know where to start and i think you know backing up for a minute when you're dealing with your estate plan number one you don't want to think about dying number two you're dealing with your kids and we have a saying my dad has a saying and i've just copied it but it's very true and he loves to say this in front of me you know we all have dysfunctional children (laughs) <laughs> just in a matter of right no matter what way and how but everybody's dysfunctional and it's true we all have our dysfunctions every single one of us so when you're doing a family centric estate plan you know you got to you got to think about that and it needs to be addressed those dysfunctions need to be out in the open and talked about because otherwise you know, you're just, you're causing pain, future pain that's going to need to be addressed. You can't, you can't just shove it under the mattress and hope something happens. It's not going to happen that way. And secondly, talking about dysfunction, another sin is focusing on equality over fairness. And I tell you what, this goes against every grain in a parent's body. I mean, if you think about this, you have always treated your children equally, right? You love them the same. You've made sure that you've gone out of your way to treat them equally. But the problem is, when it comes to your legacy, fair isn't always equal. Equal. Right. And that hurts. I can tell you a story we cleaned up. This has been a couple years ago, but, you know, dad wanted everybody to be treated equal. So he gave all of the kids a certain share in his business all of the grandkids a certain share in the business and out of all eight of them only two of them worked in the business so the other six benefited from these two well talk about bad blood talk about a mess to clean up and you know the thing is is often people don't they say well well i want i want something for these my other children i want something to be there for them And, you know, if you think about it, giving them equal shares in the business probably wasn't the best way to go. There's other ways to tackle that problem. Now, it's not always equal, but it's fair. Right. Right. And that's one thing you have to communicate and communicate why you're doing it to everyone at the same time. 
you know, um, and this goes hand in hand with number three is surprising family members. Surprises aren't good in any any respect of the word, right? When it comes to your estate plan, <laughs> and I'll just give you an example. You know, we had a gentleman and his brother inherited their estate from their mother, and she thought she was doing right. She thought she was focusing on fairness. She gave the one brother a million dollars of cash. And she gave the other brother the business. Well, the one brother spent his million dollars of cash. The other brother turned mom's business into an exceedingly incredible business. He, he just leveraged it and took it to the next level. Well, this created such bad blood between the brothers because the one brother went broke. Mm. And he didn't, he didn't manage it well. But the thing was is that they were both surprised by the inheritance. Nothing was ever communicated to them. They didn't know what anybody was getting or why they were getting it. And mom did no planning around it. She just said, this is fair, and this is the way it's going to be. But do you think that's really what she wanted in the end was the brothers not to talk? Not at all. Absolutely not. No. The other thing is keeping silent. Um, so this goes with surprises, right? Number four, silence can absolutely destroy relationships. You know, not only for your children, like we just talked about, but also for you and your spouse. And I've seen this more frequently, especially, I tell you what, women and men, when it comes to, when it comes to estate planning, man, they think differently. And when you don't talk to one another about what you want done or go get help or have someone act as a mediator, it can destroy a marriage. And we've watched it happen. We all watched a couple actually end up having to go to marriage counseling, almost got a divorce because they couldn't agree on what to do with the estate plan and they wouldn't talk about it. Hmm. They wouldn't bring it to the heart of the relationship because they had kid issues. They had a dysfunctional family, as we all do. And I think, you know, part of the problem is, is we, we, we don't want to talk about those dysfunctions. It goes back to avoiding those crucial issues and then it destroys things. It just, it absolutely destroys it by not being able to confront it head on. And we have to do that. You know, another thing about this, uh, and we had a wonderful speaker, uh, Steve Markin, who's joined us on the show before. He's an independent trustee that we use a lot because he's advisor centric and he can, you know, be able to understand what the family's actually trying to accomplish and, and work from that angle. He told us a story about a two kids that inherited dad's money and they were both equally accomplished. They were both successful in their own accord. The daughter had become an attorney, and she was a named partner with a well-known firm um, up on the East Coast, and she was making bukus of money. She had a lot of financial success. She was very well taken care of, and, and the son was equally accomplished. He was a professor, and he was teaching kids and following his passion, but financially, his success was not like his sister's at all. So when dad made up the estate plan, he gave the son 90% of his estate to make it equal between the two of them. Because he said the son, that, the son will never do it. Or the son will never get to where the daughter is in life. Right. But the problem, the problem behind all of this, he never told him. He never talked to him about it. So think about how that daughter felt when she got her inheritance. She was not happy. No, she wasn't. In fact, in fact, I would say hate was the word. And it, he came from a generation that he, it was hard for him to say, I love you. You know, and so he never told her he loved her. He was proud of her. 
She never knew. He went to the grave without her knowing how proud he was. And because uh, Steve knew the advisor, knew the family, that was completely the opposite of what was wanted to be portrayed. In fact, he was extremely proud of both of his children. You never know uh, how you'll leave your legacy if, if you don't. Communication, that, I, that's the bottom line. Communication yeah. can avoid a lot of these problems. That's right. And it's not easy, you know. Um, and a lot of times, if you can't talk about it in life, write them a letter. Your estate plan is just a legal mumbo jumbo with things. Write them a letter. Let them know how you feel. Let them know why they're getting what they're getting and on what terms you want them to use it for, right? Right. And then number five, our, our fifth sin, is refusing to relinquish control. And I know this sounds a lot like when you're, you're dealing more with a business or a farm, but this is true in, in family-centric estate planning. You know, a common fear for a patriarch or a matriarch is that their children aren't going to be good stewards of the money. Right. Right. They simply are saying, "Okay, well, we're going to cross our fingers and pray that their final breath (laughs) will will be okay, and they'll all work out and nobody's going to go below it. Right. Well, why not give them a test run while you're living? (laughs) Why not put strings on your plan while you're living to know what they can or cannot handle? And I think that's a big thing, you know, for families of wealth to consider. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about charitable gifting. And I think charitable gifting is a great tool because most successful people have huge charitable inclinations. In fact, there's probably something that has touched them in their lives and they've learned, you know, oh, could I could go buy that new car or I could help these, these kids make sure they have a good education. And they understand the wisdom behind what they're doing and yet they haven't yet passed that on to that second or third generation. And what a great way to be able to teach children to be a steward of their money is to teach them through the family charitable gifting, right? Absolutely. And I think that's huge for people, but they don't do it. We don't do it. Why? We just we think we've got our estate plan in order and our estate plan is going to take care of everything. Well, your estate plan doesn't take care of anything. And when we come back, I've got the ultimate question that you are not going to want to miss if you want a family-centric estate plan. Final segment of Life Planning 101, Angela. And we're talking about the family-centric estate planning versus just an ordinary estate planning. You know, I see a lot of people never set their estate plan or wait years or decades to put together their estate plan. Or if they have an estate plan, that has been 30 years since they've done it. And they keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And if they really drill down and ask themselves why they keep putting it off, it comes down to the family. It comes down to something is not working that should be working with just a normal legal document. And I can't make it. I can't figure it out. How do, how do I make sure my family owns my legacy, not just my assets? How do I make sure my family is still my family and is still enjoying good Christmases and Thanksgivings together after I'm gone, right? And that's a hard one. And that's where we always encourage people to work on building what we call a multi-generational vision that doesn't just focus on your legacy, but focuses on the family's legacy. You know, and that way you have a foundation for things to keep working and to, to keep working out. You know, I hate seeing families um, you know, just like I mentioned, we work, we're working with these three siblings today that barely even talk and it, man, it just is painful to hear it. And 
you can hear the frustration in their voices of the years that this has been going on because mom passed decades ago. But they still cannot get over certain things that were said or done or feelings that are there. And it's very tough. And I tell you what, if you throw a family business, if you throw a family farm or family ranch in the mix of all of that, too, it gets worse. Absolutely worse. You know, and I think there's a good question we ask. Uh, again, this, this goes back to our what we call our R&D department, our Rob and Duplicate department. But Frank Mullins, who's also been a guest on our show, and he's the founder of a company called Legacy Wealth Counselors, where he, where he actually counsels um, multiple generations to build those visions and to work together so that a legacy is passed on successfully. He has this assessment that we use when we're doing our questionnaires to begin working with families in this regard. And this question is also our Twitter poll for this week. But I think it is so powerful. And it is this. If my financial wealth transferred today, my financial wealth transferred today, am I confident that my family is prepared for the responsibilities and, and this is a big one, opportunities that will accompany it? Am I confident my family is prepared for the responsibilities and the opportunities that will accompany it? And I would bet 99% of our Twitter poll answers, unless, unless you are somebody that works with Kennedy Financial Services, <laughs> answers this no. Because we want our success to be celebrated, shared, and carried on for so many generations to come. But, you know, there is an old saying, and, and Frank uses this a lot, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. Why? Because you've got the patriarch that worked hard, that probably grew up poor, right? Didn't have anything. Absolutely. Worked, scrimped and scraped for everything he had. And those values, he probably passed on a lot of those to that second generation. But he wanted better for his kids than he had it, right? And then they wanted better for their kids than they have it. So the values from that first generation by the third generation simply aren't there. They disappear or they're scarce. So how do you bring that back? How do you focus on that? How do you be able to set up that foundation? And that's what our legacy planning process at Kennedy Financial Services does, is we focus on the legacy. We focus on the family, the wealth, the estate, the documents, the terminology, the trust, the, all that. Those are just tools. And I always tell people, when you paint your legacy plan, imagine you are literally Norman Rockwell and you're making one of his famous pictures on the front of Life magazine. Draw it out how you want it. Whatever you want can happen. You are the architect of all of this. But I'll tell you this. If you don't do it, nobody's going to do it. And it's not going to be there for anybody. And your family is just simply at risk. Thank you, Terry. God bless everyone. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services. And I hope everybody has a great week. And don't waste another minute. Put together your vision for your family with your legacy plan. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.